What up, what up? World Hockey Report with Cody and Adam. It's playoff season, baby. We've got some WHL, NCAA, and everything else, of course. Hey, we've got a lot of NHL stuff. Those Predators are electric. Can Philly make a run? I mean, those Flyers are such a streaking team. Calgary's got some serious issues they got to figure out. Of course, we got what's trending on Twitter. It was electric. Hey, shout out Keith Kincaid. Maybe Tweet of the Year. That's up there. I mean, you, you got to hear this one. That's all to come. World Hockey Report with Cody and Adam starts now. Did you see today on Twitter that there was that KHL game, those Russians? They went five overtimes before uh, Jokrit, uh, Eli Tolvanen, that kid. His team went and beat uh, Cheska. Did you see that? I was following up on Twitter. Didn't, like, Kari Ramo have 80 saves or something like that? Oh, it was stupid. That was, uh... Could you imagine if an NHL playoff game went to five overtimes? It'd be the best. I seen something where it was, like, 160 minutes of hockey. The game took six hours. Like, that's incredible. And you're, you're paying, what, are you paying, like, oh, yeah. two, two rubles for a ticket or something stupid over there, so... You're talking about getting your money's worth. That's exactly it. Yeah, exactly. Like, five overtimes is an extra, like, three games almost. Actually, yeah, two games. That basically is. It's two games. And yet again, you get the kill OT thrillers. So, when you're watching overtime, I mean, it's just, it's next level because you're always on the edge of your seat, right? And you think any bounce could go in. And it was a greasy goal, too. Just a little turn and fire. Guy went low blocker on Sorokin. So, I was following that, um. Shout out to that crazy guy who follows us on Twitter. I swear he tags us in everything, too. And he said something like, oh my goodness, I'm trying to find this back there. It was like, this is why we love the game. This is why we love you, World Hockey Report. And I mean, shout out to you. You're the best. But we also argue about every KHL thing. So not sure if he likes us or not. Either or. Doesn't really matter. Um, how, How's the week been for you? Got a little catch up. Good. I was in. Humboldt last night watching some SGHL playoffs and went into overtime and it only lasted about a minute. Shit goal given up, but yeah, it was good. The shitty bus ride league. What a what a what a time to be alive. How's the SJ playoffs? Give me a rundown on that. I was um I paid attention there. I think it was uh Melville. They uh, lost to Weyburn in overtime in like one of the play-in rounds. That's the only one I really caught. I think well, Battleford swept their series. They were number two, and Nipwood swept theirs, and they're number one. So, uh, yeah, it was Humboldt and Melford. I think they were the four or five matchup. And SJ playoffs, it's it's pretty entertaining to coach. I mean, there's not a whole lot of skill out there. It's just a lot of nobody really wants to touch the puck. They're just trying to kill everyone. So that's good, and like it's pretty exciting. Like everybody, everybody's beacon everybody and. Most of the rinks, the stats are so close to the glass and everything that you can hear everything they say. So, like, that's pretty entertaining, but the refing is just so bad that it kind of dictates the game and everyone gets all heated over it. Saskatchewan's got to be notorious for hometown refing. Like, you would think it's the 1960s with how just one-sided it was. And I haven't played there for, what, now, eight, nine years. But, I mean, seeing that, it's always been a joke in a sense where they don't have good refs. I mean, Saskatchewan hardly has, I mean, let's say more than a thousand good people in the province, so knowing some of those refs by Swift Current, absolute joke. Bunch of losers, too. Like, they thought they were on cloud nine. You know, like a beer league hero? That's exactly who I see refing hockey games. Just oh yeah, nonsense. Yeah, and like, even yesterday, the refing was bad on both sides of all game, and then Melford's up 2-1. Um, Humboldt's captain gets a penalty with about two and a half minutes left. Boarding, like, it was a penalty or whatever. A guy on Melford skated over to their captain, and he just sets up the gym about three seconds, gets teed up for it. And, like, that's so Bush League when you tee a guy up with two and a half minutes left just to take his team off the power play. Like, in any other league, that's not a penalty, which is just ridiculous. But good old, I'm not going to name the guy, but... People in Saskatchewan know who the worst junior ref is. I do not, so I guess I haven't been in Saskatchewan for long enough, but hey, uh, shout out to the SJ. How about the, the PJ there? Actually, no, first, I gotta get a shout out. Uh, Saskatchewan senior, some good old boys there, the Hodgeville Huskies. 
senior champs of the Nauticue. That was electric. I've seen some of the pictures. Look pretty badass. So, hey, uh, congrats on that one, NHL Champions 2018. How's the PJ? I mean, that the jungle is usually uh, run by the Quakers. Is that the same? Yeah, it is. They got a bunch of guys who left slash got cut from the SJ. So they have so many players on their team. And just, yeah, it's the Quakers. And I think Delisle, too, because Delisle has a bunch of guys on junior B cards from SJ teams. So, like, yeah, it's pretty much just the Quakers, though. I remember. It might have been my 20... Yeah, it was my 20-year-old year, so I was overseas, and I I think it was the GM or maybe just some crazy dad from Delisle messaged me, and he's like, he's like, hey, so if you want to come play Junior B, you can play in Delisle. And I was thinking, like, okay, like, yeah, go kick rocks, bud, right? Like, not going to happen. And so I was like, okay, but I'm going to play along. I was like, how much are you going to pay me? He's like, oh, you have to pay to play here. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. How many kids are going to pay to play in Delisle, Saskatchewan? That was absurd. But I, I just I remember that for some reason. Just because the guy who messaged me was like I mean, he didn't look like he should have any part to do with the hockey team. He was a creepy old guy, so that's uh, enough said about him. It was kinda of funny. But uh how uh, the the little bro in uh, Long Beach there, I see the bombers are ripping up the dub S, so uh hey, shout out to him. Playoffs coming up? Uh well he got traded to Valencia and they're they're out, so Oh no way! Whoa, little trout! I how did I not hear about this trade rumor? Must not have been on World Hockey Report or something. How sick was yeah, it to I live in so. Valencia? Did he love it? Well, I think so. Like his house seemed like it was ten times nicer. We looked up the average household income, and in Long Beach, it was like fifty-five thousand, and Valencia was like a hundred forty thousand. So it was like way nicer up there. Dude, Valencia is dope. We went there. My 17-year-old year in Missoula, we went down to Valencia. I swear it's in, like, Beverly Hills. Like, it is stupid. Outside of their rink is, like, palm trees, and there's, like, like you can literally just go and, like, pick fruit before the game. You walk around. It's, I mean, 100 degrees Fahrenheit out there. It's just gorgeous. The rink they played in, uh, shout out to The Office. Um, What's that? What's the Michael Scott's movie? You know it. Threat level midnight. Um, when he's doing that skating scene, that speed skating race, that was shot in the yeah. Valencia Flyers rink. Really? Yeah, dude, I kid you not. Go look it up. It's 100% the Flyers rink. It's hilarious. Every time I see that, I think about it. Because, yeah, we, we went to Valencia. I, I think we did, like, three close games. They might have all been, like, OT thrillers or something. It's one of those stupid three games in three nights. And so... For juniors, like, the last one's on a Sunday afternoon. Everyone's just bent out of shape. It's horrible hockey. I can't imagine anyone actually wants to watch it. I mean, pretty stupid scheduling. But, uh, yeah, that's my uh, American trip for you. Valencia. So, uh. Yeah. How about, uh, how about McDavid last night? McDukes. That guy's been on. You know what? His points is surprising. For. You'd think, like, I mean, it's, it's not the NBA, right? It's not LeBron James taking over some of these games. But you would think Connor McDavid might be able to win the Oilers a few more. Not to say he's been underperforming. I don't want to rip on the guy. That's not where I'm going. But you would think, I mean, with how good he is and how many points he's putting up, it's just, uh, I don't know, a little bit disappointing. But that's a whole Oilers season. I mean, if, like, watching some of the games, Lucic... Honestly, he could be a 50-goal guy this year, except he's like a 9-goal guy because he misses everything. But I think a big part of it is the power play because Kucherov and Malkin and all those guys who have a bunch of points, they have like 40 points on the power play, and McDavid has 17. So he has like 20 less even strength, or sorry, 20 more even strength points than Kucherov and Malkin, and he's playing with a guy who was in the minors the whole year. I seen you were rolling out hot takes there on Twitter. It was uh, looking like we were to start some fights, but that was funny. I mean, Twitter was lit this week for like quantity over quality of tweets. We were we were pretty electric on there, and yeah, you said David would have a hundred and ten points if he had Stamkos and Hedman or Crosby and Latang to play with. Gosh, I can't. St- oh, at least I can't stand Latang. Just his style of play aggravates me, but he's actually such a good player. 
that's the part that makes me mad. It's like, he's that guy who you're like, oh, I hope he gets blown up, open ice. You know, I, I hope he's skating with his head down. He's a good player. Would you, do you think McDavid could win the MVP? No. No. If, if he wins the MVP, he's going to have to have a wicked remaining eight games or whatever it is. Like, he's good. He hasn't been the most valuable player in the league. Because if he was the most valuable player in the league to his team, I think they'd be in the playoffs. I mean, a little, little hot take there, but it's hard to argue against guys like McKinnon, guys like Taylor Hall. Gosh, I, I mean, I mean, McKinnon's a runaway with it. You, you know that other guys too, like Ovi and Kucherov, are playing around a good group, but I might even put them ahead of McDavid. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I think that, like, it, the only the argument against like how valuable he is to his team, it's like. Well, what if they didn't have him? There'd be three spots worse in last place. Like, it's not a huge discrepancy. Like, without McKinnon, Colorado would probably be one of the worst teams in the league, too. 100%. That's, uh, that's very true. Okay, a Western Conference while we're talking about it. Calgary. My goodness. What happened to them? And who's to take the blame? Oh, man. I think a lot of people are like, Honestly, Trent Living deserves some of the heat for probably overpaying for Hammock. I'm, I know he's probably really good in the dressing room, but a first and a second. First wasn't lottery protected. Hamnick and Brody were a horrible pairing this year. Like I think Brody was around a minus 17 or something like that right now. Uh, uh, Hamnick didn't really provide much offensively. And then like you look at it, and Monaghan's been playing hurt the last month. Like They said he never takes more skate anymore. And then, like, they didn't really have much depth up front. Like, they had, you know, Sam Bennett's never really panned out. Mark Jankowski, he's, I think he could be a really good player. But you're asking a lot of a guy, like, playing those heavy third-line minutes in his first year. And then, like, at the start of the year, you thought they were going to compete, and Mike Smith was their MVP. And then in the second half, his save percentage was a 900. And then the last three games, he was bad. Yeah, he's a... Uh... He's definitely got to be poured to that as one of the problems. You, you expect a guy like that to be a leader, but yet again, I mean, we went and called out Gaudreau Monahan. They've got one good game after, and they're back to their normal. They've been, uh, they put up points against just some of those whack teams that are having off years. So, I mean, yeah, great. You can pad those with three, four point games then, but realistically, it, until you're doing it in those games that matter, I mean, when you, when you're playing those teams like Anaheim, Colorado, San Jose, you gotta win. You gotta have your best players show up, and they're not doing that. Yeah, they did, and it was really disappointing because, like, I mean, the Flames were one of my favorite teams, and I wanted them to win. But you just watched them, and it seemed like they went into these games, and they just, just like they had nothing. Like they would get 40 shots on goal, but they never really seemed like they were in the game. The funniest thing I've seen in a while was Twitter the other night when Vancouver and Arizona were playing. Did you see that? Did you keep up on that? Because they're tied with like 61 points at the bottom, right? I mean, they're bombing for Deleen. That's, uh, they're, it's, I mean, they're not trying to win at all, it seems like. So it, it's kind of funny to see all the fans like, we better lose this game or I'm going to be pissed off. So I gotta love that. I, I don't think Vancouver, anyone's gonna, I don't think anyone's gonna be worse Vancouver than Buffalo. Fans and media. Vancouver fans and media are the absolute worst. No, like you, Edmonton. Us, us well, wait, 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 wait. There's no. a problem in Vancouver. So they've been so bad for so long, and they keep like signing these players to kind of be good, but like not really be lottery bad. But um, so here's a the problem: they win a couple of games, the fans get mad because they're like, "Oh man, like, what are we gonna do? Pick seventh again and take like Nicholas Jensen or whoever they took who's a bust, <laughs> and then." They get shut out like three straight games, and their fans are like, "Honestly, fire Benning, fire Linden. This organization's a joke. We have to start scoring and winning games." And that's like, well, like, there's just no winning. Dude, you have not been in Edmonton. This is the worst place to see NHL fans and the media. Like that day when Montoya wouldn't talk to the media before the game, I thought the place was gonna burn. I thought they were gonna cancel the game. I mean, everyone was talking about it. You couldn't listen to a top 40 radio station without hearing that shit. It was just garbage. It, it was pathetic. 
about how up and down they are. I mean, you want to talk about, I mean, I don't know, is bipolar appropriate to use on this? I mean, talk about moody, hot and cold. Edmonton is definition that, and especially the fans. Like, the fans will see one bad game, and they're like, well, maybe we should trade Pugliarvi and Dreisaitl, and maybe Cam Talbot's done. Maybe he's got to go. And then the next day, like, Connor McDavid will have, like, a two-point night, and they're like, he's the best player in the league. Like, you know what? This team's going to make a playoff run. We're only 20 points back. It's absurd. The, the place is actually crazy with how unrealistic they are. Oh, yeah. Like, I think Canadian markets in general, though, Edmonton had such high expectations this year. There's a lot of people who weren't like, oh, well, our third line consists of Drake Kajula, Anton Slepeshev, and, like, Ryan Strom. How the hell is that going to do anything? But, yeah, I don't know. A lot of Canadian teams are just the worst. People legitimately thought, though, like, that that was going to be, like, the, the new rookies to come into the league. Like, they thought that they were going to be that kid from Vancouver. It was like, oh, we've got Brock Besser here and Drake Kajula, like, just the expectations were outrageous, as you said. It's uh, how many people picked them to win the cup? Like there was a lot. Yeah, the odds on them were like plus four hundred, and they were like they were favored with uh, I think the same as Pittsburgh or something. But Drake Kajula, like he's obviously not back Brock Besser, but he's not even in the same ballpark as Nick Schmaltz is. <laughs> That's true. That's um, he's just one of those guys where he's a good AHL player. While we're talking about the Oilers, I got your, grab your thoughts on Ty Ratty. I think he has potential. Like, I mean, he didn't score like 60 goals in the dub by accident, right? Like, and I think he's one of those guys where if you put him with McDavid, he definitely can do something. And what's working for him is he's on a pretty low end contract, so. Was he one of those guys? I'm not sure where I heard this from. Was he one of those guys that was like a college commit and then decommitted to play in the dub? Like, was he one of those losers? No, that or? was his brother. That was his brother. Yeah, his brother decoded from, I think, Western Michigan to play in Red Deer for the Mem Cup. And then he got traded from Vancouver. And, like, honestly, he wasn't very good. Dude. And then I think he's just, like, in the AJ or something now. He was in Fort Mac when I was there. I, I went, I'm pretty sure he got snipped. I mean, so I don't want to talk too much bad about him. I mean, obviously the guy, Playing the dub for a bit, so that's cool. But yeah, there was I. I thought it was. I thought they were saying something about Ratty though. He kind of just like ratted out on the college scene, and so maybe someone was ripping on him. But either or, I mean, I think he's been good. The Edmonton media though, yet again, they're pumping him up. They're saying, "Why didn't we have this guy up at Christmas? Why is he not going to be playing on McDavid's line next year? Why don't we get rid of Lucic and give Ratty all the ice time? Let's double shift him. Let's trade our whole third line and just let Ratty do it. Like, there, it's absolutely insane that he can have one good game against. Was it Florida? I don't. I don't even remember who it was against. His first one. Ottawa, Ottawa last night. No, no, no. His first one. His first one. Yeah, I think Florida. Yeah. See, he's got one good game, and everyone's like, "Well, why shouldn't we play with McDavid?" Let's trade Nugent Hopkins for Ty Ratty. Let's send Nugent Hopkins down to the minors. I mean, there there's no common sense in this area with just, like, two games and they're like, okay, yep, he's the best. Yeah, exactly. What's your take on the Leafs? They smoked Nashville 5-2 last night. They whipped Matthews up. Came back and scored a sick goal. What a whipping. Was it 5-2? And Smashville's been five, hot. Two. Smashville, they're one of the best teams... They're tied for tops with Tampa right now. With uh, it's their first first regulation loss since uh, February seventeenth, it's over a month. That's berserk. They're a good team, but dude, when Toronto's going, they're 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 a team that I wouldn't want to mess with. The thing that I'm still not confident, Freddie Anderson. I mean, my man, you got to put it together for a, a good stretch. That's um can't be hot and cold in the playoffs. Yeah, it's very, like he gets pretty hot and everyone's all over him, but then he'll like give up a five or a six spot and it doesn't look too good. He's bad for letting in those goals like in the corner, eh? Like the ones you absolutely hate to watch on TV. Like the gross angle. I mean, being a goalie, you know that those aren't actually the easiest saves in the world like it looks, but just on TV they look disgusting. Oh, yeah. 
do you think Line could have passed Ovechkin? Like he's probably done for the year now, but do you think he could have passed Ovechkin? No, no. I'm I'm an Ovi guy through and through, and I think at the the thing that Washington has is their slim lead on Pittsburgh. It's like four points or something. They're playing for a Columbus lot. Too. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, we'll get into Columbus here in a bit. Ten, ten in a row. Bonkers. Uh, but Washington, they've got a lot more to play for than Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg was starting to take their foot off the pedal, going, okay, we're fine with a home playoff spot in that first one. Whereas Washington knows they got Pittsburgh nipping at their ass. They know they got Columbus right behind them. So, I mean, Ovi's going to be playing. He's got to play some of his top hockey just for them to finish first in that Metro. Yeah, and you want to get first in that Metro because I think a series against, well, I guess they'll be playing probably like Columbus or Philly anyways, but like, you want to finish first, and that's a fair point. It's a lot e- or it's a lot more motivating to score in those big games than score when you're like, well, I guess our, we're hosting Minnesota in games one and two on April 12th or whatever it is, so. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it'll be interesting. That Metro's pretty crazy though, like, what do you think of the Flyers? They're, they're kind of a, dude, they're a weird team. They're just like kind of that streaky team when where everything when everything's going right, like it's going right and playing the parade, and they're one of like the top teams in the conference. But then when everything's going wrong, like they're almost a lottery team. Although I still don't, I think that their D is still too young, and I think that Patrick and Konechny are probably too young to really make a big impact in the playoffs. Like they still have the top guys like Drew, Vorch, Jack Simmons, but. In net, like, they've been looking for a starting goalie since, like, Ron Hextall, when Ron Hextall left. Dude, um, who is that guy? Brian Boucher. I I remember it was something stupid. Didn't Boucher go on a run at one point? Or Michael Layton did, I know that, when they went to the Cup. Well, they started for them in the Cup final, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a struggling unit. They're, they're much like the Islanders. See, the Islanders lost 7-6 last night to Tampa. Like, that's a team... With yeah, offensive upside, but pulled halfway through. Tavares must be saying like, "Just trade me for a goalie. Like, benefit your team. You can score without me, but you need a goalie before you're even going to be a 500 team. Like, that's a uh, they're bad. Okay, back to back to the Flyers. Give me a hot take on Nolan Patrick. I haven't seen too much from this year, but what what's the kid like and what's going to be his ceiling? I think I might be a lowball on him, but I kind of said Tyler Bozak where. He's a good, good two-way guy who's never going to put up, like, 80, 90-point season. Like, I said probably, like, 60 points for him. Like, I think he sure is a lot more dynamic. But, like, Patrick's a good, I don't know if he's a first-line guy. Like, I think he's a good, like, a really good second-line guy, and you're happy with him there. But, like, he doesn't have that, like, I don't know, I don't know if it's, like, dynamic to his game, but, like, it's just, like, something where you want, you want to see more from him, but, like, I don't think he's capable of more. So I'd say a second-point guy, 60-point player type thing where, you know, I think the Flyers took him and they said it was a safe pick, but maybe there's guys lower end in that draft to go and to put on, on bigger numbers just because of, like, how much work they have to do. He's no Barkov, eh? No, not even close. <laughs> what about Ivan Provorov, that D-man? Oh, I think he could win the Norris one day. Really? He's that good, eh, you yeah, think? I've, yeah, I've, well, I've seen him ever since he came to Canada and played for Brandon. And yeah, I think he's unreal. Uh, I think it was the Hockey News. They did a, a, a comparable, like him and Charlie McAvoy or whatever. And like, I think it was like three and three, like comparing like skating or whatever it was. But. Oh, dude, I'm taking oh, yeah, McAvoy think, nine times out of ten. People, yeah. Like, I think when people start to know who he is, like, then I think that he'll be a top, one of the top team in the league. I got a funny story on Provorov. Because when I was, this is uh, this is a few years ago now, uh, what are the, oh, I guess I, we won't mention names. Don't get anyone in trouble since they're still playing at a pretty good level. But, you know, one of my buddies there, one of the better goalies in the, the dub back in the day, he, he was saying that his team, there was actually, like, rumors going around through one of the Russians that Provorov... He was like that whole Ovechkin situation where like they think Ovechkin's like actually two years older than they say on his like passport or his birth certificate. Oh, I heard. 
But that, yeah, I heard that too. And they were saying that about Provorov. Like, that went around the dub. Like, guys were actually like, this could be true. Like, why does this guy have a full-out beard at 16? Like, he looked like... It was just, it was so funny because I heard that from numerous guys and they were actually like, they're not ones to get fired up because if that was me, I was like, okay, I'm going to harpoon this guy in the hallway. But like, they were just like, dude, like he's actually like, there's a good chance that he's got a fake birth certificate just because they knew he was going to be a good D-man. Like he's got hockey bloodlines and that, and that's crazy if true. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I heard that too. One of my buddies was like, do you know that Provorov guy's like 23? And I was like, like what? And he's like, yeah, like apparently like a lot of the Russian guys are like lying about their age, which like I could definitely see. I've heard that. I've heard that. I heard that about um, Ovi too when I was over in the Czech. That was like, I mean, it was guys that were just like, they were like, oh yeah, the whole Ovi scandal, like Russians would do that, no problem. And the more you think about it, you're like, wow, they are kind of scummy for the most part. So, uh, yeah, I could see him pulling something like that. Didn't they go and, like, drug their whole, like, under-17 hockey team? Or, like, give them roids or something? Oh, yeah, like, I don't know what it was, but they were on something where the whole team got suspended. That's hilarious. Like, what does your coach say? Your coach is like, oh, sorry about that, didn't know. Mother Russia didn't tell us. <laughs> like, what? How do you just drug your whole team? And you get your whole team in trouble. Like, you just sewered guys' careers, potentially. Like, I mean, enjoy playing in the KHL or VHL. When some of those guys could have been stars, but, I mean, now you're not getting noticed, right? Well, the one guy was a Flyers first-round pick or whatever. Like, I think after that, he got picked by the Flyers in the first round. Like, German Rupsaw said the name. Yeah, I've heard of him before. That's a, yeah, he plays in the queue. I was just saying, he plays out east. Like he's, it's not Halifax or something, but... Oh, speaking of the to me. speaking of the queue, I've been in like nineteen Twitter arguments this week. You gotta help me settle this one. It's that whole Zadina or Svechnikov. I mean, we're looking at young prospects here, so yeah, we're we we are kind of just taking shots in the dark with some magic beans or whatever you want to call the draft picks. But dude, there's no way. I've seen too much of Svechnikov and Zadina this year. I've been watching them because I. L- I mean, they're both good players, but don't get me wrong. Zadina is ten times the player. Yeah, I don't know if he's ten times the player, but I think he's like ten times the guy you'd want on your team to win with. Like, when was the last time a Russian winger won anything? Like, you look at, like, the great Russian wingers of, like, the last decade, like Ovechkin, Tarasenko, Kudrow's still pretty young, but I'll throw him in there. Like... Pittsburgh never had a Russian winger. Chicago didn't have a Russian winger. LA didn't have a Russian winger. Like, they just don't, they're just not really picks that you'd want to, like, waste early. Like, might be a good late round, or, like, a late first round pick to take a guy and be like, okay, like, he kind of rounds out our top six, but not, oh, this is going to be the nail yak buff to our team. And, yeah, like, I think we talked about this where Zadina's going to win you, like, he'll win you games, but Sveshnikov might score you a goal in a 5 3 loss. Svechnikov is my idea of a Yakupov. That's where I see him going. You know what, a guy with some offensive upside. Like, there's there's no doubting that, that you can put the puck in the net once in a while. But Zadina's, I'm not going to go with the Yakub Voracek. But if we're going to go with, like, minimal comparison, that's what I'm seeing. Like, I'm seeing a guy who can play both ends, but who can also, like, control the puck, dish the puck, shoot the puck, like... I mean, come on. Who's the more all-round player here? And I've seen way too many rankings that have Svechnikov higher. That's, I mean, I'm no draft expert. I'm not with an NHL team. There's probably a reason for that. We'd have 97 stud defensemen getting drafted. I wouldn't waste my time picking a forward. There's too many of them in free agency. But a guy like Zadina, oh, man. If someone passes up on him, I feel sorry. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think, well, if I was a scout, I'd be taking the safe centerman over the risky winger who's not going to do you that good. But speaking of the CHL, how about Kelowna getting spanked last night? Oh, dude. Tri-City. Shout out, Ryland Pronto, former team. Um, looking at the, the stars there, um, they got hammered in shots, eh? 39-32. I was, I was just looking at that, so. Dude, Tri-City's good, but 
Ah, Kelowna's going to bounce back. If I, if I were to say that Kelowna's done in four, I don't see that happening. I, I think Kelowna's got a solid team. I think they'll put it together, but uh, yeah, let's hope that uh, Dubé's not suspended for too long. Yeah, exactly. And well, Tri City was pretty banged up all year. Like I know Rasmussen missed games, Valimaki missed games. They didn't get Jake Bean until about like the trade deadline or whatever. So I think that it might take them a little. Well, like it might have taken them a little while to gel, but now that they got the guys and it's a shitty draw for Kelowna, like I think they'd rather play Vancouver or somebody like that than have to play the first wildcard team from a tougher division. Shout out to the playoff format. <laughs> but yeah, well, we talked about it all year with Kelowna and their goaltending. Like, I didn't see any of the goals, but you lose five rip and you outshoot them by ten. Like, you might want to look at the goalie a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Um, who's it? Porter, I think? Yeah, Porter. So they got Salmon. They're, yeah, they're back. Porter. Yeah, they got their backup kid. Um, I don't know. It'll be a good series. It's an offensive series, so you get guys like Lind going, dude. That's I mean, it's it's still gonna be a series. Cal Foot stays stays out of the dash department. They'll be fine. I think. Uh, what what series are you looking? I seen your uh, you did a good blog there the other day. Uh, hey, pump your tires a little bit. Shout out. Um, okay, no. Before we even get to that blog, Sportsnet. How about they can just uh, kick rocks? We uh, called them out on Twitter. Shout out, you can follow us on Twitter at WorldHockeyRPT. Appreciate all of our followers, of course. Um, your blog, I swear, they, they started off, they literally, they took your blog and they just rearranged like the first line in a couple of sentences. That was outrageous. I mean, you were, you were two for two bang on with them. What was that? Was that the preview or was that the, the W, or the playoff system? No, it was a, it was a playoff format. So the first one was, Oh yeah, like the the format ended up costing like the Blades head coach Dean Brockman his job, and then like sure enough he used that one, and then um, I think it was I compared the format to like the top three teams in the Eastern Conference all being in the Atlantic Division or whatever one Toronto, Boston, and Tampa, and I was like oh yeah, like the two and three seed in the division are also the two and three seed in the conference, and sure enough they're at the exact same thing. Wow, that's a, uh, hey, shout out Daniel Nugent Bauman. I mean, great, great work. I mean, hard work goes into some of that stuff. So if you're looking for a job, World Hockey Report, we'll, uh, we'll hook you up and, you know, maybe Adam will give you some lessons or something. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, journalism at its finest. Other stuff in the dub though. We, uh, you did kind of get into it a little bit. There's some interesting series in a fact where you would think it would be a blowout. But your your point on PA taking the last three of four against Moose Jaw makes me actually want to tune into that series when I would see that originally and I'd be like, okay, Moose Jaw over Ian Scott by a thousand. Yeah, exactly. And for some reason, like I don't know the full story, but PA bought at the deadline, which didn't really make sense because they were out of a playoff spot and they traded a 16-year-old and a first-round pick for a 19-year-old. And then I think they got a third 20-year-old, too. And, like, they went 9-0 and 2 down the stretch. And, like, I was talking to one of my buddies in the hallway before the PA Blades game. Uh, wait for him to get drafted this year in top three rounds. But um, he's like, I was like, so do you think you guys got a shot against me? He's like, honestly, like, yeah, like, we played them, like, four times in the last two months. And we took three or four against them, so... We match up better than better than people think, honestly. I'd agree. That's um something where Moose Jaw's defense definitely better. I I would one hundred percent agree with that. Goaltending Dude, I mean I'm I'm not sold on PA's goaltending. But as much as I'm not sold on that, Moose Jaws makes me uh look away sometimes. That's um you got Moose Jaw winning in six, so We'll see. I think it's going to be a long series. I don't think that's going to be over in four or five. I would uh, guarantee that. Um, before we look at Swift Current and Regina, because I, I think that's the best series probably in all the dub playoffs, uh, Madison Hatton, Brandon. Brandon's been decent at the the home stretch here, so uh, it could be interesting. And I said, because uh, Madison Hat has, uh, I think, has a Minnesota Wild, like fifth or sixth rounder. But. Um 
Mason Shaw, he had almost 100 points last year, and he tore his ACL this year. And they said he should be good to go in this series, so that was, that was kind of where I was coming from. And then uh, Ty Lewis on Brandon, who signed a deal with Colorado this year, he had 100 points too, so that might be a good head-to-head matchup. Yeah, I seen your prediction. That was stupid. I I mean, you, you can't just go like, oh, if Shaw plays more than five games, we'll get Tigers in six. If Shaw plays less, we'll give Brandon in seven. That's not how this works. Come on, rookie rookie move right there. That's um And classic classic shout out to Dauphin Manitoba for hosting the Wheat Kings in the first round of the playoffs because every single year Brandon does not get to play their first round at home. Everyone thinks it's so stupid, like, that Brandon has to leave for the first round because the ring's being used. But it's being used for, like, the biggest egg show in Western Canada. Like, it's actually a huge deal. Egg show, dub playoffs. True, I'm going to tractors and cows. I mean, who doesn't like Hicks? That's the best part about Canada, right? Yeah, exactly. we we got to get my Hendra tractors on board. Sponsor the show, eh? Nice little free free advertising. We'll see what Gail can hook us up. Papa Jansen. Come through clutch, we'll get like Mahindra tractors. That'd be a uh, solid little perks for uh, running the World Hockey Report. Oh yeah, we need that. Lethbridge versus Red Deer. Um, yeah, the Canes they got Flodell. I don't really think Red Deer stands a chance. They shouldn't be in the playoffs. But uh, hey, wild card format. Shout out Brandon Hagel. Good old uh, Fort boy here. Or Mournville boy. Mournville boy, isn't he? Something like that. Yeah, I think I think he's Mournville, because, I mean, everyone kind of knows him here, and then his brother plays Stony Plain. They're, uh, they're playing tonight, uh, game five, I think it is. Little Allen Cup, or Alberta Provincials, whatever they want to call it now, senior trips. Hagel's pretty good, though. That's uh, it's a guy who, man, I mean, he can be a difference maker, because watching him play... He's just got that playoff confidence, right? Like that that playoff swagger that not everyone has when it comes down to the second season. Yeah, and just like to kind of kick it into second gear. And he missed a lot of games this year, but like, as you said, that's kind of a bullshit series that Lethbridge will probably win because they have a better goalie. Flodell's good. Flodell is... uh. Definitely solid. The Rebels netminders, though, they got that Anderson Denmark kid, I think, right? They're Danish, whatever you want to call them, Riley Lamb. No, it was, it was Anders and Lamb, and they both won, like, goalie of the week, too, like, down the stretch. Oh, really? Okay, well, uh, hey, maybe I've been paying attention. That's, uh, I still don't think they're, they're nothing compared to Flodell. Like, don't, don't kid yourself here if you think that they're going to steal this one. I wouldn't bet on it. Um, you got Lethbridge in, Lethbridge in six. If there's a sweep in the dub, it's this series, Lethbridge in four. Hot take. Okay, uh, biggest series, though. Yeah, I know. Ooh, that's, uh, I feel the fire already from here. Uh, biggest series. Swift City, get up. You got playoffs there. Uh, you're hosting Regina. The town that rhymes with fun. Like 10 minutes. Dude, I know, that's nuts. But didn't they sell out, like, 26 games this season or something stupid? Well, apparently, like, after they made the big Stuart Skinner trade, they had an extra, like, 300 season tickets, like, bought. My dad, or my parents were thinking about buying tickets, but, I mean, hey, Saskatchewan Rush right now, that's the that's the big thing going on, so. Rush kind of took priority, it's sort of calving season, I mean, fair enough. Cows, cows over Broncos, eh, debatable. But, uh, Swift Current versus Regina. Regina, they've, they're good, don't here's, get me wrong. They're here's hosting. a tweet from, uh... Fire. Wait, before before you go on your biased uh, Swift Current opinion here, oh. here's a tweet from Sean Mullen, who's the Broncos play-by-play guy. Uh, since the trade deadline, Broncos 19-7, 2-2, power play, 81% penalty kill. Pats 26-3-1. So 21-6 losses, 3 extra time, 1 shootout or whatever. 29% power play, 81% penalty kill since the trade deadline. So it's a little closer than you're saying. I didn't said anything about this series yet. I was just getting started. Um, Regina, though, that's um, guys like Sam Steele and that. They're going to have to be huge. Hebig, how good is he? That's, uh, let's see this. This will be a big one for him. They've got that that other kid, uh, 
Gabrielle, Gabriel on the back end. I mean, we'll see what he can do. He's kind of kind of been a sleeper for him. They they've got firepower. They I don't know. I mean, honestly, it just doesn't seem like they're able to use it. And then yet again, you've got Kubik between the pipes. So they got that other kid though. Who was that? Um, I feel like Paddock's gonna start. Yeah, I was gonna say they got that other Max, kid. Max Paddock. Isn't like John Paddock their coach? Yeah, I think he's like their nephew, but like he had pretty good numbers this year, so you can't really say like, oh, he's only on the team because of that. But Could you imagine playing like, for your dad good. in the dub? It's not as I know for a fact it's not his dad because that guy's like eighty-five years old, but like still. I wasn't saying it was his actual dad. I was just putting this in the big picture. Like, could you imagine playing for your dad? Like, how embarrassing would that be? Like, to the point of, like, every shift you probably get chirped about it. Oh, yeah. Easily. That's hilarious. Um, Oh, give her. Give her. Oh, no. I was going to say, like, well, I don't think that's ever happened. Like, I know, like. There's been guys who have coached against their sons, but that's probably, probably the closest I can find. Fair enough. Um, Swift Current's offense, they were they were electric in the regular season. Do you think they're going to be playoff performers? I mean, you got guys like Godin, Heponiemi, Steenbergen. I mean, well, then their second line, too, it's basically another first line with uh, Gennaro, Estepan. Like, do you think they're going to have that playoff touch? Well, last year, Heponiemi didn't. He didn't score in the playoffs in, like, I think it was 11, 11 games. And he only had, like, seven assists or something. But, like, I'd hope so. And I think they have two guys or three guys up front, too. It's their last last kick of the can. So I I think that they'll, like I said, they'll win the series in, like, six, I think. Shout out Tyler Steenbergen, OT Hero World Juniors. That's playoff clutch right there. Double stamp, triple stamp. Steenbergen, if he doesn't get an OT winner in this series, I'd be shocked. He's he's bound for one. He's got it. I just got to see that. So um, they've got some other guys. They got some big D men back there. Um, Josh Anderson, I like him. Good pickup from Prince George. Like a big strong guy, and then uh, Jujar's little brother Savan. He's a psychopath. But like, yeah, they'll they'll definitely have their hands full with steel and stuff, and like between them and. Like against Gabriel and Bradley, I think it could get pretty ugly. Now Stuart Skinner and Gold, I think he's going to be able to hold the fort. I don't know, like, he's been the most, well, him and Ian Scott have been, like, the two most overrated guys for however long. We're like, everyone's like, oh, look how good these guys are going to be, look how good these guys are going to be. And all of a sudden, like, they're three years into their career and both of them have, like, a 900 save percentage. Scott's isn't even that, but. I think in the series, if you're looking at it, like Skinner's probably the best goalie out of like Scott, Kubik, and Wilms. Dude, people in Edmonton still think Skinner's going to step into the AHL next year. So what do I know about goalies? That's um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you bet. The, I mean, Regina better hope they at least give Swift Kern a series because if not, that's a a long layoff, as he put in the blog. So yeah, it happened to Windsor last year though, and they won. I've seen something about, um, is that almost unfair that, you know, obviously everyone's going to cry about having the home ice advantage, but also, does the break, I know it didn't work for Saskatoon, but Saskatoon sucked that year and they stupid trades, but with the break, I mean, would you come in, like, rested and refreshed and, like, you want to play more, like, kind of just that, um, the training cap motivation, essentially, or do you come in and you're like... Boys, we haven't played in three months. What are we doing here? Like, we've just been playing Fortnite and uh, practicing against the U of R women's team. Like, are, are these guys, like, do you think they're able to, like, ready to go right away? I don't know. Like, it worked for Windsor last year where they're like, oh, yeah, like, we were practicing once a day and working out twice a day. And, like, we were just bad, but it's so worth it now. And, like, I don't, I, I think it helps them in a way, like, I mean, at least last year when Windsor lost in the first round, they lost, I think, Erie or London or something who made it to the league final. So, like, it's not like they got swept by the seventh seed Medicine Hat Tigers. But, um, yeah, like, I think it, if anything, it helps them for sure. Because, like, you get guys over injury and you're not that banged up playoff team where everybody's got ice bags on them and shit like that. 
Dude, another hot take. Not sure. Well, I'm sure you, you kind of got a little memory of him here. Uh, Vancouver DP or uh, Vancouver's draft pick there, Di Pietro, Di Pietro, whatever. Do you think he's going to be that good of a goalie? Because watching him in, I mean, the Mem Cup, he was good, but yet again, everyone seems to be talking so highly of this kid, and I really wasn't impressed. No, I I don't think he'll be like. He's he's okay, but he's five foot eleven or whatever. Like he stops the puck, but how how easily is he going to be able to get around at the next level, right? He he like reminded me of like a, a I mean more calm Tim Thomas essentially. I I wasn't I wasn't that impressed, but I've heard people talk about him and everyone's all high and mighty on him. So yet again, what do I know? That's uh happens. A couple of uh, dub games, I guess most of them are happening east and west, kind of getting underway tonight. One game you're watching? Uh, I'll probably pay attention to Everett and Seattle. Um, I think Everett will, well, we, I think back back in a couple months ago we picked them to win the league. Um, or you might have said Portland, actually. I said Everett. Uh, I think that'll be, like I said, Everett in five, and then Spokane and Portland has might have some legs to it because they both have like top offensive guys on their team and not the best goaltending and you know like I think where Portland really does it with uh, Chalowski and Yokoharu on the back end, but yeah, I I think Portland could win that series too. You know what's an absolute crock is how Shaw isn't broadcasting these games anymore. So I can't even watch them on my regular TV. Like, that's stupid. Rattle factor. Yeah, they, they cut the dub games. That's outrageous. That was, like, the part that I looked forward to. Like, you get to see one series, and usually they'd pick a, a subpar one. But I'll probably watch the Broncos and Pats. I mean, I'm not going to kid myself. I'm not going to lie to anyone. I'm watching the Broncos and Pats, if anything. Well, Sportsnet a... picked up, like, game four of Vancouver and Victoria. What a big one. That's going to be a doozy. Griffin Outhouse is going to have to make more than 20 saves or not? I don't know, but I was the most surprised when I heard Ty Ronning had 61 goals this year. That's pretty crazy. That's that's Cliff Ronning's son, correct? Yes. Yeah, that's sick. Actually, a pretty badass name, like, all around, I mean. Like, that, like, flows off your tongue. Ronning. It's a good hockey name. Great hockey name. Okay, um, college hockey playoffs... It's been electric so far. There's been some uh, pretty good series. Shout out. Decent blog on there. Got some traction on the social media. Of course, follow us on Twitter, at WorldHockeyRPT. Frozen 4, a um, couple of series. I wrote about the underdogs. Let's uh, go through some hot takes here, though. Your number ones, St. Cloud, Ohio, Notre Dame, and Cornell. If you got to pick one of them to win, just out of those four, like we're not going through the other ones, who who are you going to pick? Probably St. Cloud because of the Paling brothers. Yeah, they've been nasty. I mean, that through the legs goal against Notre Dame still has me in shock of how he took a wicked slash. He was like fumbling with a rolling puck and he was at full speed and he still went a tweener on one of the better goalies there, Cam Johnson, so... They're pretty electric. St. Cloud's got a pretty easy road to the Frozen Four as well, which could help them. Well, somewhat easy. I think it's uh, obviously the easiest out there. Guys, I think, could do some damage. Now, uh, give, give me your thoughts on this one. Boston University against Cornell. First round. I mean, that's that's your sweet 16 right there. I think Boston has a chance. I mean, am I, am I wrong or no? Andre, he's had like kind of a subpar year, like, with the World Juniors and everything, and I was reading a little bit on Brady Kachuk, and they said that it's taken him, like, a couple months to adjust to college, but now that he's there, like, he's been one of the best players for them for a while, so I think with, like, Ottinger and Ned, he's capable of stealing a series for sure. Yeah, Brady Kachuk, I mean, his, his points and stuff aren't going aren't gonna to step out at you, but, dude, World Juniors set me off on that kid. He is one of a kind, and... You'd be stupid not to pick him in the draft. I mean, he is one of those guys. Top three pick. I he's got to be. He's got to. I put him two. I mean, if you don't take him at number two, you're probably going to be disappointed. 
Simple as that. Um, other other upset I've called this this was a long one, but Princeton was hot. I mean, I hadn't followed them all year. They've been unranked. They've done nothing, absolutely nothing. Playoffs, so they wiped the floor with Brown. They beat Union. I mean, they're ranked number sixteen. Then they go. I mean, they defeated the number one team in the Northeast. That's Cornell. Number three in the East, Clarkson, just to get like the auto bit. So it, it was nuts. I mean, this team's legit. Ryan Kuffner's sick. He's got something like thirty goals. Dude, that's a, that's a pretty legit team in Princeton there, and someone who's won some big games. Like they're coming in hot, right? It's uh, I think they're I think they're a serious contender. And then you you put them in that first round against Ohio State, a team who's proven to be inconsistent, like either really good or really bad. So that's I think that's a possible upset. Yeah, you might be right. It's hard to get a read on like those Ivy League schools, so because you always hear about like a couple guys from like they're normally Harvard, where I guess Boston Bruins forward Ryan Donato still goes to school. But um, yeah, like I know that's crazy. Guy's gonna make millions, and you know he's gonna make like he's gonna make hand over fist in millions, and he's still going to school after a three point night in his first NHL night. Oh, talk about you should be getting in one, not getting in class. You never really hear about those Ivy League schools kind of being a hockey powerhouse. Like, they're always they're always good teams and ranked in the top 25, but they never seem to get it done, like, anywhere past getting ranked, right? Yeah, I agree. I, I would agree with that one. Um, couple other games, though, we'll be definitely paying attention to. Clarkson-Providence. I think whoever comes out of that will be able to give Notre Dame a run for their money. Northeastern Michigan. Michigan's been hot. Northeastern's got Godet and Sakura and those guys. They are uh, next to none. I mean, the goal scoring department. So, going all around, I mean, to pick a winner of this tournament, it's it's crazy. You'd, you'd be stupid not to go with St. Cloud, I think, is the obvious pick. But, yet again, if I'm going underdog, dude, I like Boston. I like Boston University. For a team that was not supposed to get in, I mean, ranked number 18, had to fight their way into the tournament. They got decent defense. They got solid goaltending in Ottinger. I mean, they got Brandon Hickey on the back end. That's a that's a, one of the top D-men in college hockey. So, let's go with Boston as my underdog pick for a run. St. Cloud, the obvious one. Do you've got a, a dark horse there that you're you're thinking? Just because I feel like potential Hobie Baker winner got debt, along with Sakur, like those guys will be in the show next year. I think that they might be two of the best players in college hockey, and they could maybe even take over a game. I could see it. I mean, one game winner take all format. I love that. Shout out March Madness. Loyola Chicago. It's about time you end your shit. Done with you. So enough. I love that UMBC though. That was a uh, the Retrievers. Absolute horrible name. Okay, um, getting through that though. We've uh, covered covered a, a pretty good amount of stuff here. What was big on Twitter this week? There was there was a couple of funny things that I know that you were firing out. Uh, Keith Kincaid, that girl, like tweeted him to go for tacos, or like if this gets a certain amount of retweets, he's like, honestly, screw the retweets. Let's just go for tacos. So that was kind of cool. That was probably my favorite one of the week. Chipotle, not just tacos. That was that was hilarious. And then he said something like he's getting the Vesna. So, I can't believe that one didn't blow up. I thought that was legendary. People are stupid. Okay, we got one European hot take here, though. This is, um... Come on, we love this stuff over there. It's an absolute corrupt world. But, okay, they, they released the 2017-18 attendance numbers. Burn absolutely pumped everyone by, like, 6,000. So, crazy, crazy idea, but I've heard it pitched before. Would the NHL consider a European division? Think some of those big cities over there. I mean, could you see it happening? No, like I just like just because of the travel. Like maybe maybe those teams like start getting regular season games or like even a couple regular season games. Kind of how like the NFL does a couple in London every year. But I just think at the end of the day, the travel's too much. But they they already play games in like I mean like the Oilers are going to be playing in Stockholm. Someone else is playing in Minsk. Someone's playing in like 
Geneva, Switzerland, I don't know, I mean, like, they're already playing games over there, so if they're just talking about building the game, like, what are they really doing? Like, are they going to expect, like, Germans to wake up at 3 in the morning to watch the NHL? Like, no, that's unrealistic. I think that's stupid. Like, what's the point of them trying to build over there? I just think for, like, player movement and shit, that'd probably be toughest, unless, like, all the Russians and, like, Euros went back. Gosh, if they did that, they better ban Russians. I, I mean, that one guy even commented, he's like, let's go to St. Petersburg. Like, let's put a team there. Like, no, KHL, they can keep their own shit. Keep your corrupt league away from anything. I'm not even an NHL fan. I'm not a fan of Gary Bettman, but KHL might as well just stay in their own country, stay away. The NHL trying to expand to China, that's pretty stupid. Um, other hot take, though. The, the CWHL, the Canadian Women's Hockey League, and the NWHL, it's, uh, let's not start hashtagging one league here, uh, piss anyone off, but, dude, that's the most petty thing, and you can totally see females arguing over that. Like, that was so predictable. And of course, our favorite broadcaster of all time has to go and put on a show and quit and complain and cry about it on national radio, but, Dude, it's females. They're not going to get along. Like, who doesn't get this? And why do people think this is going to happen? The league's fine. Like, it's fine to play them, but how much are you going to get when the NHL is on? Like, as you kind of said, like, people only really care if you're wearing a country's jersey. 100%. And even the CWHL, like, they got two Chinese teams playing in it. Imagine how much that costs to operate. I get it, like, those Asians are rich and all that stuff, so it's not really that crazy, but yet again, I mean, come on, you're going to tell a team from Calgary, they've got to go fly out to Boston and New York, and I mean, and they're averaging less than 150 fans? So you're going to put their whole season bill on the Calgary Flames, if what they were saying about working with the NHL. I mean, that's stupid, that's just, like, I get it. You want the whole, like, oh, equality, women's hockey this, women's hockey that. you got to still bring in that money. It's the whole soccer battle, too. And, you know, female sports, great on you. I mean, I love watching the, the Olympics and that stuff. I know you did. I mean, we all did. When it's Canada-USA Olympics, that's top class. That's elite. When we're watching the Markham Thunder take on the Kunlun Red Stars of China... Come on, no one's watching that. Give me a break. Anything else? Uh, you're, you're crushing something on Netflix now, or still uh, rocking the office? Uh, still rocking the office, pretty much. How much Fortnite do you play per week? Uh, not a lot. Like I just kind of got into it, but like, yeah, like a couple hours per week. Are you crushing Big Brother Canada or Survivor? I was told to watch Big Brother the other day, but like. I don't know. I might have to get into it. Dude, it's electric. Like, some seasons are great, and then there's others where, they're, like, they're stupid and the people are just annoying and it kind of frustrates you to, like, watch these idiots. But, yet again, all around, I think it's a solid show. I'm, I'm a big brother over Survivor all day long. I'm, I'm one of those bad fans, though, where, like, I can miss an episode, and then everyone's like, because everyone at work watches. I mean, it's like some radio thing, just a bunch of fruitcakes, right? Like, it's all like, oh, you've got to watch, like, that past episode. It was awesome. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I will. And then, like, see, like, the next episode's on, and I'm halfway through. Or, like, I, like, missed half of it. I'm like, alrighty, yeah, I'm not watching the last one. I'm just going to watch this next one. So, probably not the best fan there. Um, March Madness. Also, uh, you, you crushed some of that? Uh, a little bit. I always seem to do, like, the same thing every year where I just watch the first round, and then after that, I'm just like, well, all the upsets are kind of over in a way, so. Dude, that's so true. The The first four days, so it's, like, the 64 and the 32, those are the best. I mean, straight up. They could probably just cut the tournament after that. Like, no one cares until the finals, and even the finals is stupid since they play it in, like, a football or, like, a baseball stadium. It's like the whole setup looks stupid. It's it's like the outdoor game for like camera views. Like it's hard to watch. So first four days of that are absolutely electric. Hey, thanks for tuning in wherever you're listening from. Of course, shout out 12 Ounce Sports Radio. Whatever sports radio, sports talk you're looking for. I mean, they got like 45 shows. They're covering everything, every sport. 
every event, I mean, live shows, all that stuff. It's all on 12OunceSportsRadio.com. Go check them out. We're live there Fridays, 6 o'clock Eastern Time. And, of course, if you missed the show, you can check it out on iTunes. And always follow us on Twitter at WorldHockeyRPT. Check out all the stuff we're tweeting. I mean, that Anderson video, we're over 620,000 views now. No shocker. Not a big deal. And, uh, yeah, toss us a follow at World Hockey RPT. That's going to do it. Friday, March 23rd. Have a good weekend.